Hey everyone, so you want to know how to use Anchor, right? I'm here to inform, guide, and help you on how to use Anchor. Anchor is a phone app and hosting site owned by Spotify. It's the awesome idea to start creating your podcast by attempting to be the one-stop shop for podcasters without an extensive technical background. You can follow the vertical integration model, meaning that you can record, distribute, and monetize your podcast. Why are you struggling with paying a hosting site which includes promoting your show with limited storages? Forget about it! It's the simple fact that unlimited storage is free. It includes recording, adding music, intros, outros, and uploading episodes. Plus, you get paid some money to put in your pocket through sponsorships with no minimum listenership. That's fantastic and magnificent, isn't it? These are the important things to create and make a podcast. You can download Anchor on your phones, tablets, laptops, and computers, or you can check out anchor.fm so you can get a head start on your podcast right now. Remember, if you have a dream of creating your own podcast, don't let anyone stop you from achieving your goals and dreams. If I can reach the amount of success loving what I'd love to do in this career, podcasting field so can you i'm g money stacks thank you for listening and have fun with your podcast let's go
Good evening, USA International Long Island plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. This is your man G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host of most. Misunderstood Lonely Nomad, Unstoppable Independent Podcaster, and Rookie Podcaster of Long Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging with the 56th episode of the Sports Edition Show of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast. Yes, episode 56. And you're hanging with me on the 56th episode, which is so great. You could have been anywhere listening to any podcast, but you chose to listen to this sports podcast platform right here, live and direct from StreamYard, alongside with um, YouTube and along with myself is the Instagram live feed of sports podcast show on Instagram. Make sure you turn on your notifications so you know on when I'm going to be on Instagram live on separate podcast show pages, recording separate episodes and all that great stuff right here. In the meantime, in the meantime, um, if you like to make a charitable donation to support this Support this part. As a matter of fact, let me just say this: when you go to the Lincoln Bar and you see Cash Up, um, it's going to say "Support the Podcast," and the Cash App is is dollar sign G Money Stacks five fifty five. That's dollar sign capital G lowercase M O N E Y. Capital S, lowercase T A C K Z, five fifty five. It's it's not about being from a rich family with a lot of money. It's all about doing the best you can as a human being. On um, whatever amount of money you choose to donate, that you desire will be appreciated. And you can and you can um give a five star rating too order to support this podcast as well. You can give a five-star rating with his pod chaser, with his pod friend, with his Apple podcast, with it's um Spotify as well. And of course, be sure to share the episodes on Spotify and everywhere everywhere else, especially stream platforms, which I will get to in a couple minutes. But in the meantime but in the meantime, um, why don't you um go to the sports YouTube channel page of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast and be sure to tap the notification bell, aka the noni noni bell, and enable alerts so you can be in the know as a reminder of when the recording is going to be starting. And the content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. And be sure to listen, stream, watch these, watch these episodes, share the episodes, share the videos, and of course, be sure to share. Of course, be sure to tell a friend to another friend, download these episodes. That's another important thing to mention. And of course. Be sure to 
spread the word. And of course, word of mouth is important and I'll handle the rest on on where you can actually um listen to the episodes and stuff. So if you miss any, if you're new to the YouTube channel and you miss any previous episodes, new or latest, don't worry. Everything's going to be uploaded and posted to the YouTube channel page and audio streaming platforms. So I got you with everything covered. So yeah. Um. Okay. So. All right, so let's get into. Hold on. Okay, so let's get into the episode right here. Uh, we got a little football news and a little bit of baseball news today. And of course, um, and of course, let's get into it right here. Um, starting with. The quick side bleacher bar, man. Let's do it. First sports topic that we have to talk about here is um yeah let's um we're gonna get into a little thing that I never even heard of this before, but it's called National Football Day. I didn't get a chance to cover it last year, but I will actually get into it right here. So um so yeah, let's get into it. All right, so here's what's happening here. National Football Day celebrated by celebrated on July 19th each year honors the most popular sport while also reminding us we're in the middle of the season and should check in on our fantasy teams. Of course, you can learn more you can learn about how enthusiastic Americans are about football by reading top football journalist tales. Football is an excitement. Excuse me. It's an it's an excellent way to stay in shape and improve your reflexes. Kick a ball around in the yard with your friends or start a game. Now is the time to get a ball if you don't already have one. What are your plans for commemorating this wonderful American pastime. Here's the history of National Football Day. Football is a popular sport in North America. 
the sport is recognized as football in the United States and Canada. But it is also known as gridiron or football in other parts of the world. In the late 1800s, rugby and soccer both paved the way for American football. Walter Camp, a Yale graduate, was credited for establishing the line of scrimmage down distance regulations um, such as first and 10 and the authorization of blocking. Cultures like um, Newt, Rockney, and Amos Alonzo Stagg later used the new ahead pass play. Prior to it, in 1820, Princeton students were playing a game known as um, ball ball on ball lounge whatever <laughs> what <laughs> which means bat which means batting of the bladder with fist <laughs> oh shit <laughs> this shit is interesting oh man so yeah this this, this is some fuck, fucking interesting shit, though. Anyway, the game involved batting the ball with a fist to keep it in motion. There are there were no clear and fast regulations, and it was re regarded as the simplest version of football. How obscurity during the Civil War football-style game was also held at Harvard on the first Monday of the academic year this game was so physically demanding and demanding that the the day it was played was dubbed bloody monday wait what really bloody monday hold on hold on hold on, hold on. bloody monday are you serious Blood Bloody Monday. Oh my gosh. I can't believe this bloody Monday. Oh wow. So <laughs> oh man. The year 1865 was pivotal in the development of American football. After the Civil War, football gained popularity in many universities. The game's essential rules were developed, and the game received its first patent. On November 6, 1869, with Rutgers winning by a score of six goals to four, American football football has developed from a simpler game excuse me simple game of tossing or kicking a ball past opponents to a game that has influenced american culture and economics okay and um <laughs> so this is the timeline okay so 
National Football Day timeline. So essentially, rugby football is rugby until 1882 when new rules enable each team three tries to advocate the ball five yards. 1890, first huddle use. Deaf quarterback Paul Hubbard invents the huddle because he is concerned that the opposing team would misread, excuse me, misread his hand signals. So he arranges his teammates in a circle pattern to call plays. Um, 1892. William Pudge, um, William Pudge Heffelfinger <laughs> is the first professional football player earning $500 each game. Wait, $500 each game. Ooh. Interesting. Um... 1939, first televised professional football game. Only about 500 people see the first broadcast of a professional football game. Um, Let's see. Let's see. So, of course, um, you're wondering about some football day activities. You can start a football competition. That's number one. Nothing brings a business together like a friendly wager and what better way to get everyone engaged than to make it competitive. You can also find a friend or family member to join you in a football competition. The more the merrier. Number two, invite the best way to commemorate national football day is to watch a football match, especially one in a league in the league, support your favorite team to win the trophy and get your friends to jam on as well number three participate in a league several local leagues are seeking capable strong bodied players to join their ranks in fact there are probably several leagues that require average soft bodied athletes to fill out their rosters this is your chance to shine Five interesting facts about football. Number one, games were originally 70 minutes long. The new regulations also reduced game duration by 10 minutes. Number two, the longest field goal. The longest field goal in professional football history was 64 yards. Number three, the football form is not a shape. A football has the shape of a pro late spheroid which translates to long spear number four professional and college balls aren't the same the markings on a collegiate collegiate football differ slightly from on a professional football similar to how sticky football gloves make gaming easier Number five, divided into four quarters. A football game is divided into four quarters, each lasting 15 minutes. However, they only play for about 11 minutes of that time. So why do we love football 
Why do we love National Football Day, you ask? Um, it gathers people together. The Super Bowl is one of America's most important holidays for bringing family and friends together. Even those who have never seen a regular football, no, excuse me, a regular season, will go over to a friend's or neighbor's house to watch the Super Bowl. And of course, B, it's all about teamwork. Football is a team sport that relies on cooperation. Each move is design, is designed to achieve a specific goal. And if one player falls aside, it's full of a strategy. Non-sports fans prefer to portray the game as simple-minded and brutal, but they have no idea how much thought goes into assembling a winning team. You can have as many elite players on your team as you want, but if you don't have the brains to back them up, you'll be eating dirt. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so this so this year is going to be this year 2023 is going to be July 19th, which is a Wednesday. Next year, July 19th, 2024. 2025 july 19th is a saturday 2026 july 19th sunday and 2027 july 19th is a monday okay so um let's see let's see um okay let's talk giants let's talk new york giants here um Okay, so after a full season, after the after a season full of overachieving, the New York Jets and Barkley entering free agency, there will be some big money decisions made that will impact their competitive window. Making the postseason in the first year uh, under head coach Brian the Ball was not an outcome many expected. And neither was securing their their first playoff win since 2012, but the expectations have certainly risen for the Giants, and their 2023 NFL offseason is going to be integral to just how much they can use their past season as a springboard. Entering into free agency, the Giants have 18 players that are free agents, ranging from guaranteed starters like Jones and Barkley to important role players. This class holds a bunch of importance moving forward into the future of the franchise. Okay, so you got Sterling Shepard. Even from their wide receiver room, they can afford to move, move on from Sterling Shepard. Have played his his entire seven year career for the Giants. Shepard suffered a torn ACL back in September, forcing him to miss the rest of the season. Shepard's age is definitely working against him being on the doorstep of thirty years old, and any sort of skill player needing to recover from a serious injury this late in his career will lose a step or two. Shepard has had plenty of 
career highlights with the Giants and moving on from franchise mainstay is never an easy thing to do. But the Giants need to be more concerned about the success of their team, which may come at a household name like Shepard. Feliciano, Feliciano, coming off his first year with the Giants, to John starting with six penalties. His familiarity with the ball dating back to their time in Buffalo likely made him join the Giants last offseason, but one, one year should only be one-time occurrence. Um, the Giants certainly could do worse than bringing Feliciano back, but as he he is almost 31 years old. This team would benefit from getting younger on the offensive line with plenty of prospects to target in this year's this year's NFL draft. The Giants should let Feliciano walk. Hmm. Kenny Galladay, which we'll discuss next. Um there's really no surprise seeing Kenny Galladay's name on the on this list. The only thing that stands out about including Galladay here is that he is still under contract for next season, which Feliciano and Shepard are both are not. A post June first release of Galladay was spread its dead number across both 2023 and 2024, with the Giants realizing a cost savings of 13.5 million dollars. I repeat, $13.5 million. Yeah. General Manager Joe Schoen does not look like he's, he operates like a, like a GM who who is scared to make huge moves and taking the lost cause by the previous front office which showed the fan base he means business. Galladay's time with the Giants has been nothing short of a mess and moving on from this offseason would be the right move. Both parties see no other solution here other than moving towards a split and the easiest way to do that is to release Galladay and let him become a free agent. Oof. And speaking of Kenny Galladay, that that's where we're gonna go to right here. Um. Yes. So. Um. This is prior. Oh, the irony that even the rare praise he is receiving, um, this week isn't what he or the Giants expected. The Giants signed Galladay to a $72 million, million free agent contract in 2021 to score touchdowns. He was expected to be a go-to receiver. Hmm. Yes. Okay, um
All right, so um, let's see. Let's see. Um, all right. All right, here we go. So, but after his first career playoff game, Galladay was recognized only for a forceful block that sprung Saquon Barkley for a 10-yard gain. Um, on the decisive touchdown drive in a 31-24 victory against the Vikings. It was one of four snaps out of 72 that Galladay played. I guess I guess you can say that's the type of competitor I am. I am not trying to put bad stuff on film, said Galladay, who has been buried on the death chart since Thanksgiving. It's tough, I won't lie. I have to go out there with the the right mindset. And however many plays I get come Saturday, I'll just try to leave my mark on the game some way, somehow. Galladay's time with the Giants almost certainly will end up after the next loss. Um, Be, be it Saturday against the Eagles or later, or after $6.7 million in salary salary cap savings against a 14.7 million dollar dead cap oh boy oh boy hmm All right. Um. Okay. So, Galladay. Just hold on. So, even to on that right now, Galladay said said about his future. Galladay scored his first touchdown in the thirty three regular season games since he signed with the Giants while playing alongside the backups against the Eagles in the regular season finale. He deferred to the coaches when asked if he deserves another shot to win a jump ball in yeah another shot to win a jump ball in the end zone against cornerbacks james bradbury or darius two former teammates but it's clear that he isn't looking for an easy exit from the season First off, as far as checking out, I take a lot of pride in what I do, Galladay said. I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror to be checked out. I have a lot of football left. The last name on my back, I take a lot of pride in that. That's what it boils down to. And these guys in the locker room. Um, It seems as if Galladay unleashed his season-long frustrations on Vikings cornerback Duke Shelley. On a second and 10 swing pass to Barkley, Galladay shoved Shelley to the ground to create room on the edge. When Shelley tried to stand, Galladay knocked him down again. 
Shelly's mouth guard flew out and bounced away. It got our side hyped up, Galladay said. Nothing I do really surprises me. NFL Network analyst Kyle, Kyle Brent hosts a weekly Good Morning Football segment nominating the NFL's best angry runs. <laughs> oh, shit. Winners get a scepter and a sweatshirt in the mail. Brent shows Galladay's block and and Barkley's two-yard touchdown run to cap the drive as co-winners. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's all attitude at the end of the day, Galladay said. When you normally use to making a whole bunch of plays and normally praising up the catches you make, me being in the position I am, any good thing I do will be highlighted a little bit. Galladay had two 1,000-yard seasons and led the NFL in touchdowns, um, 11 in 2019 with the Lions. His first season with the Giants, 37 catches for 521 yards, was seen as rock bottom until he con contributed just six catches for 81 yards this season. Teaming know how difficult the new reality for is for Galladay. So they sung his praises after the game for the block. And um, in quote, I told him you couldn't have 52. Come on, Barkley said. And just obviously the, the season hasn't gone how he really wanted it. Um, um, media say whatever you say, but he's a talented player. I just have a lot of respect for the grit and grind when things aren't going your way. In other Kenny Galladay um, news, um, and this is from EliteSportsNY.com, um, Joe Sloan spent his first offseason as the Giants general manager cleaning up the salary cap debacle, predecessor, Dave Gentleman, no, excuse me, Dave Gettleman, excuse me, um, gentlemen, 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 um, but he will have a great deal. Shown and head coach Brian DeBall will have a war chest to deploy after a surprise playoff run in their first season at the helm. The Giants are currently projected to have roughly $54 million in cap, in cap space this spring, according to over the cap. $54 million. Wow. And I mean, wow. Yes, so um, that is the third most in the NFL trailing only the Bears and Falcons. But just hang on a minute.
Okay. Um, but just how far that goes remains to be seen. And sorry about the plane, folks. I had to lower the volume. Um, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are priority free agents. Dexter Lawrence, Xavier McKinney, and Andrew Thomas could be extended and in the first minute to get paid. And there are still many holes to fill on the roster. Saturday's blown out loss to the Eagles made that obvious. So Sloan Sloan will look to make some cuts to free up more cap space. Um, the good news, there are more mo- there are moves to be made. The bad news, there are not necessarily many of them. Here is a look at some of the Giants who could be cap casualties this offseason. Uh, so why receiver Kenny Galladay? Not much to be said here. Galladay's heroic block against the Vikings, excuse me, against the Vikings will not change anything. The Giants will part ways with one of the biggest free agent busts in franchise history as soon as they can. Oh, damn. Damn. Damn, son. Ain't this about a bitch? And I really feel bad for the damn Giants, though, man. Really? Every year you hear about trades and stuff, but then but then you got but then you want to have some of your players on the damn chopping block waiting to crash and burn. And that sucks, man. You know what I'm saying? That really sucks. Yes. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. So, um, they will save sixty. They will save six point seven million million dollars in cap space while eating fourteen point seven million dollars in. Oof. Oof. Hang on a minute. It's not what I meant. Yeah, um, Galladay could be a post June first cut to spread out the the hit, but it's hard to imagine that will make sense for the Giants from a roster building perspective. And and of course, DT. Not sure what that is. Um, he's scheduled to have the team's biggest 2023 cap hit at a whopping 32.26 million dollars after being restructured to free up 2022 space the giants would only free up 12 million dollars in cap space while eating 20 million dollars in dead money wow wow
Okay, so that does not make much sense for a productive player at a premium position. Um, when you said he would consider a pay cut, but let's be real. That won't happen. Sean could extend Williams and throw in some new guaranteed money to lessen his cap hit. But that would be another instance of can kicking. It likely makes the most sense for the Giants to play out the final real year. Um, of course, Williams has a 2024 void year and go from go from there. Okay, uh, let's look up what DT stands for in the meantime. Hold on. Okay, I'm um, sorry about that. All right, what is DT? That's the question. Um, I'm going to find out right now, man, so you folks out there can actually get a better idea on, on what DT is about. What is DT? in football let's see so um let's see let's see let's see um so wait a minute here defensive tackle okay there you go there you go okay and um what is it center blocker um uh, adory jackson this is an interesting case. The Giants would eat a $10 million cap hit, but they would save $9 million. Jackson has been good when he is on the field, but he's missed 11 regular season games in two years here. It could go either way. A restructured deal may be the most likely 10 and nine million dollars. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, what is this? What is this? What is this? K, what is this? K, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold up a sec. What is K in football? Okay. Um. Oh, kicker. Okay. A place kicker. However you want to call it. All right. Got it. Um. All right. So... Kicker Graham, Graham Gano, he makes the list because the Giants would shed roughly $2.8 million in cap space by cutting um, Gano, but it would not make much sense for a returning playoff team to dump such a productive kicker. An extension would make it would remain to be seen. Yes. Um. Okay. Let's see what else we got on the agenda. 
Of course, obviously, obviously, Antonio Brown. You know, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really say he's in trouble again, but I ain't mean to put that, but he's blaming somebody. He's blaming somebody. Um, let me just take a look at this. Um, yes. So obviously, Antonio Brown is actually blaming an individual. So, <clears throat> so let's take a look at this though. And this is from SI.com. Okay. okay. So it's always interesting when former NFL star and Buccaneer Antonio Brown makes his way into the news, whether it's Mr. Big Chess going after Tom Brady or other troubles. There's no telling what kind of what kind of controversy Brown will bring. This time is pretty hard to swap to your head. While hosting an Instagram live session on Friday, the former first team all pro wide receiver made an outrageous claim. Brown stated that his former teammate in Pittsburgh, James Harrison, wore an illegal helmet and hit him one time, which led to him having CTE. That sounds like a con that sounds like a concussion right there. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys that I think James Harrison, um James Harrison had an illegal helmet for over 20 years in the NFL and he hit me one time and ever since he hit me I've been super aggressive so I blame James Harrison for my CTE. Oh boy. Oh boy, and um, there's more to there's more to this though, man. So things just continue to get more bizarre for Brown. Not only did Harrison only play 16 games, no, 16 years in the league, um, not 20, but CTE is a debilitation that cannot be officially confirmed until after death. To his credit, James Harrison provided a little comic relief to the strange situation on social media. Um, and he says, me realizing why I had 150 text messages this morning. Oh, wow. And um, two were teammates 2010 to 12 and 2014 to 17 with Steelers. During that time, Brown suffered a, a couple of brutal hits at the hands of Vonze. Burflick. Oh Lord. That's crazy, man. That's the craziest shit that I ever heard, man. You know what I mean? That's very crazy and pretty and pretty explosive if you really think about it though. Um that's pretty explosive though, man. But that's pretty wrong in a sense. But if you really want to get technical, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy though, man. Um, 
Yeah. How explosive can, can that accusation can be? All right. Um yes. Um so Brown hasn't played in the NFL since famously removing his pads and leaving the sideline to depart for the locker room in the third quarter of Tampa Bay's game against the Jets in 2022. It doesn't appear that he'll be back in the league anytime with his continued antics. Barring a return to the NFL, Brown played 12 years and appeared in 146 games with 110 starts, catching 928 passes for 12,291 yards and 83 touchdowns. Ah, that's that. Stick to stick with Bucks game day for more coverage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throughout the 2023 offseason. And you can follow Bucks Day on Twitter and Facebook. All right. Um, now we go to a little bit of um hold on, there's more football news actually. Isaiah Hodgins. Um when the New York Giants claim Isaiah Hodgins off of waivers they come a top weapon by general manager joe shone has proven to be far better than anyone could have imagined this kid is the real deal leading up to the trade debt deadline many experts and fans knocked the giants for not acquiring a big time wide receiver for daniel jones to throw to shone and Co passed on names like Chase Claypool and Jerry Judy. <laughs> Claypool went to the Bears and had little impact, while Judy remained with the Broncos and is a possible target in the offseason. Sean decided to take a chance with Hodgins and it has paid off in a major way. When a wide posted wide out eight receptions for one of 105 yards and a touchdown those are wr1 numbers there folks okay so the new york giants wide out wide out isaiah hodgins has been a brilliant addition for this team this is interesting in the first matchup with the Vikings on Christmas Eve, Hodgins had eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. In his playoff debut, he was even better with his 105 yards and another score at U.S. Bank Stadium. In the 31-24 win over the Vikings, Hodgins put up better numbers than Justin Jefferson, who saw that coming. The New York Giants won their first playoff game since winning the Super Bowl in 2012. Um, in 2012, actually, the, the offense was dynamic, scoring 31 points. Uh, 
the three biggest stars in the win on offense were Jones, Hodgins, and Saquon Barkley. Hodgins and Barkley amounted for three touchdowns as number 26 rushed in for two um, touchdowns. This weekend, the Giants will need more of the same from the offensive trio who helped them move past the 13-win Vikings. It will be a big rematch with the hated rival Philadelphia Eagles and countless people and analysis, no, analysts, excuse me, out there aren't giving the G-men, <laughs> the G-men, much of a chance. Jones, Jones, Barkley, and others will look to silence even more haters. Well, they've done that for years, actually. But, you know, and more, more Hodge news. Um, let's see. So let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see. Okay, Isaiah Hodges remembers the feeling of here. That's not what I had in mind, man. What is this? What is this? Yes. So, um, yes, filling a roller coaster. Damn it. No thanks. What the hell, man? Damn it. All right, let me let me. All right, find this though. Hold on a second. All right, let's go to Fox Sports. That other one is not really working for me. Um. Okay, so let's see. And of course, obviously, yes. Um. Okay, so the Giants received strong performances from some unlikely sources throughout the 2022 campaign, but perhaps none more than Isaiah Ahajans. After being awarded to the Giants on waivers on November 2nd, just one day after being released by the Buffalo Bills, Hodgins arrived in East Rutherford with just 20 offensive snaps and four receptions under his belt across two games. Despite playing just eight regular season games for the Giants, the second-year receiver received the second tied for the most receiving touchdowns on the team with four 
to go with his 33 receptions for 351 yards. Hodgins is now being recognized by the media for his impressive play. Okay, so NFL.com's Nick Shook recently chose an unsung hero from each team where Hodgins was awarded the honor for the Giants. End quote. The Giants' stunning turnaround spawned from a number of key developments, the resurgence of Saquon Barkley, a breakout year from Daniel Jones, and a sneaky good rookie campaign from tight end, tight end Daniel Bellinger. Hodgins is my pick here, though, because of how he capitalized on his opportunities. Shook wrote, in a, in a, in a, in a season edition, Hodges hit the ground running in New York, catching 33 of his 42 targets for 351 yards and four touchdowns in eight regular season games. And that's five starts. His showing on Super Wild Card weekend, eight catches for 105 yards and one touchdown against the Minnesota, the Minnesota team. That's contributions to step up in the passing game. Hodgins certainly answered the call. On a similar note, um, yeah, on a similar note, yeah, on a similar note, pro football focus Marcus um, Mosher selected Hodgins as the Giants' secret superstar for the 2022 season. In the final five games of the regular season, Hodgins totaled 250 yards and four touchdowns, said Moshe. He also had a monster game against the, the Vikings in the wild card round, catching eight passes for 105 yards and a touchdown. Hodgins doesn't completely solve their WR need, which is wide receiver, but he is a nice piece to have moving around moving forward excuse me most should describe hodgins as described hodgins as a diamond in the rough fined by general manager joe shone the six foot four 210 pound receiver finished the regular season on a high note, catching a touchdown pass in four of his last five games. He then erupted for eight receptions, 105 yards, and another touchdown in Super, super Wildcard Weekend win over the Vikings. Okay. All right. What else we got on the agenda? Hold on a second. Uh, yeah. What else we got on the agenda? Um, and, um, hold on a minute. And also, um, in other Hodges news, if I'm not mistaken, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, and, um, Isaiah Hodgins had one of the most 
unassuming arrivals by a new Giants player in recent memory. The wide receiver was awarded off waivers to the team on November 2nd, one day after his release by the Buffalo Bills. As Carrillo's included two games played in one in 2021, one in 2022, 20 offensive snaps and four receptions in Buffalo's 38-3 to victory against Pittsburgh on October 9th. One week later, he was not targeted targeted on any of his three snaps um, at Kansas City in his last appearance for the Bills. It was not exactly a resume to suggest the Giants had just acquired a player who would soon be one of their most valuable producers in their run to the NFC divisional playoffs but that's exactly what Hodgins has become since debuting on November 13th against Houston Hodgins has 41 time James for the team high over that span despite sitting out the regular season finale in Philadelphia with most of the other starters he has scored five touchdowns in the last six games in the Giants 31-24 wildcard victory in Minnesota on Sunday. He caught eight passes for 105 yards, including a 14-yard touchdown and a 32-yarder. Hodgins is the first Giants receiver to exceed 100 yards in a postseason game since Hakeem Nix had 109 on 10 catches in the Giants Super Bowl victory against New England. He's been and I think that he's been nothing but impressive coming in, studying the playbook, working his butt off. He's a great teammate, offensive coordinator, Mike um Kaka said. He's he does all the right things. He's a pro. He's one of those guys that jumped into that room and was able to add some value. Hodgins' contributions helped the six-seeded Giants advance to the divisional playoffs, playoff game versus the top-seeded Eagles on Saturday. That is quite a rapid rise for someone who was a relative unknown when he arrived 11 weeks ago. In quote, I definitely say it's a surreal moment, Hodgins said today. I never looked past it. I knew that I could do this, but just to be there sitting back looking at a couple months ago, I was getting cut from one team, and now I'm playing in the second round of the playoffs. Sometimes I get that overwhelming feeling of just like, man, I'm so blessed to be here, and I'm so thankful. I just try to remind myself of that every day. Hodges has teamed with um, Darius Slayton and James to give the Giants a surprising but valuable trio of wideouts. Against the Vikings, they combined for four yards in the eight games from Hodgins' debut through the January 1st victory against Indianapolis that clinched the Giants' birth in the postseason. They totaled 100 receptions for 1,599 yards and eight touchdowns. End quote. Those guys have done a great job, quarterback Daniel Jones said. 
I'm certainly not surprised. I don't think guys on this this team are surprised by by that. They are good. They are really good players who have the ability to impact the game in a lot of different ways. They've they've all played at a really high level throughout this season. So a lot of credit to them. They've shown they showed up time and time again making plays. Hodges entered Oregon as a 2020, no, excuse me, six-round draft choice by the Bills. At the time, Joel Stone and the offensive coordinator was Brian DeBall, the two figures who now had now had the Giants football decision-making. As a rookie, Hodgins spent the entire year on injured reserve and underwent shoulder, shoulder surgery. On December 4th, his 2021 season consisted entirely of four snaps at New England on December 26th. When the Bills released Hodgins on November 1st, they hoped to sign him to their practice squad the following day. But Sean and DeBall had always been impressed with Hodgins' skill and work ethic and quickly quickly claimed him. On that day, it was definitely a roller coaster. Hodgins said, I was just home kind of relaxing, thinking, dang, I just got cut. Hopefully, I get brought back onto the active in a couple of weeks and I got to work my way up. And then I in FaceTime X from the ball like I was coming I was coming over there. And a couple of hours later I was on the flight getting the playbook and learning any of the new stuff. Hodgins also admired the ball and was happy to join a team that used the playbook he was familiar with. He his re- his release was forgotten as quickly as it had been processed. In quote, it was it was it never really rattled my confidence, Hodgins said. It, if anything, I I think it helped just because of the way that the ball brought me in. I just knew that he was going to give me the opportunity. He wasn't going to hand me a job, but he was going to give me an opportunity and let me see what I can do with it. I think week by week, the in practice, by practice, he can and try to show my best of I want to be and I want to stay here. And I think it's gone good so far. So I'm just thankful for those guys for just bringing me in. And um, when he arrived here, the players and coaches were scattered for the bye week. Before he met most of them, Hodgins immersed himself in the team's offense. End quote. I came up and just and I just looked at the playbook and tried to learn anything that was different in this offense from Buffalo's, he said. And after that, I just focused on the technique of things and studying the defense and just how to help this team and getting open and doing my job. Hodgins left a Bills team that had played in three consecutive postseasons and was one of the favorites to represent the AFC in 
the Super Bowl. The Giants hadn't been to the playoffs since 2016, and they and were widely expected to extend their drought when the season began. But but Hodgins of the Giants. They are one of just eight teams still standing. I think the people within the locker room expected us to be here, Hodges said. And I think the team knew that at the beginning of the season, I wasn't here with them then. But when I first came in in here and I knew and I saw the pieces that were on this team, I just knew this is a talented roster. This is a talented team. And I feel like each week they've done a good job of catching me up to speed and they've done a good job of buying buying into the ball and how he wants us to practice how he wants us to play and like hey if we take this thing one week at a time we could keep proving everybody wrong but it's not it, it is looking too far ahead mentality One it's a mentality that has worked for both the Hodgins and the Giants. Hmm. Okay. And um some more stuff before we get to the baseball stuff. Um, let's see. We already get got into this, so this is more. So media praises Isaiah Hodgins as giant unsung hero the giants received strong performances from some unlikely sources throughout the 2022 campaign but but perhaps none more so than isaiah hodgins after being awarded to the giants on waivers on november 2nd just one day after being released by the buffalo bills hodgins arrived in east rutherford with just 20 offensive snaps and four receptions under his belt across two games despite playing just eight Eight regular season games for the Giants. The second-year receiver um, finished the season tied for the most receiving touchdowns on the team with four to go with his 33 receptions for 351 yards. Hodges is now being recognized by the media for his impressive play. Yeah, I already read that one already. I think I read this one. So, um, yeah, I think I read this one already. Now we can go to... Um, Former Met Jeff Kent. Yes, so former Giants MVP and former Met Jeff Kent has failed to get into in his 10th and final year on the Baseball Writers Association of America's ballot. Kent received 46.5% of the vote, which is well below the 75% needed to be inducted. The votes were announced on Tuesday night with only Scott Rowland headed to Cooperstown along with Kent. Players like Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez also fell well short with 35.7 and 33.2% of votes respectively. Kent did not take take the result well. The voting over the years has been too much of a head-scratching embarrassment, Kent told told 
the San Francisco Chronicle in text. Baseball is losing a couple generations of great players that were the best in their era because of couple non-voting stat folks keep comparing those players to players already voted in already voted in from generations past and are influencing the votes um Kent first became an established player with the Mets in the early 1990s before he was dealt to Cleveland at the 1996 trade deadline for Alvaro Espinosa and Carlos Biagra. Kent was then traded after the 1996 season to San Francisco, where he established himself as an all-star and won the NL MVP in 2000. Kent racked up 2,051,515 RBIs. 377 runs, um, most most all time for a second baseman, and a a point two ninety batting average in his 17 year career. The five time All Star started his career with the Blue Jays and later played for the Astros and Dodgers. However, Roland um, won eight Glove awards at third base considered a more important defensive position than second base Rowland's career was um was war was um 70.1 compared to kent's 55.4 um there's hope for kent now 54 years old to be elected by the content Temporary baseball era committee, but they won't meet again until the winter of 2025, which is a long time from here. Yeah, it's a long time from here, though, man. Um. Okay, we got somebody to die saying the news that we got to get to here. Um, hang on a minute here. Um. Okay, so hang on a second. Uh, let me see who just got into the chat here. Hold on. And shout out to the crew from Pick Six with Noah and Nick. You, you can check out their podcast on Spotify or any other um, streaming platforms where you get your podcast right there. So there you have it. And who else? Um, Landau dot Rachel. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. So let's see. Um, new Mets pitcher Kodai Senga throws one hundred and has a fork. Fork ball, fork ball, so so good. It's called a ghost pitch. He has a career 2.59 ERA and five rings in Japan before age 30. Yet with with a with a 75 million dollar deal, he got slightly more than mid rotation started Taiwan. The reason may be what sources say is an iffy medical. 
75 million dollars hmm 75 million dollars sounds a little decent um yeah it sounds a little decent um yeah Um, just a moment here. Just a moment here. Yes. Okay. What was the amount? The amount was $75 million. Yes, um, seventy-five million dollars. Okay, so, um, his physical was actually okayed. Figures were found on physicals and what was said to be a good behind-the-scenes collaborative effort. If this mode impacted the final number, it also um, curtailed curtailed potential drama. Folks in the know say it's common for Japanese pictures to show where um, earlier since star play, no star starters there throw more innings at younger ages. And oh shit! Sorry about that. Younger ages, um, younger ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Wait a minute here. Yes, younger ages. Yes, so. Men's people express confidence he'll be healthy for 2023. Meantime, Carlos Correa's three three deals did provide a lot of drama, but in the end, he may have gotten the right deal. Of course, um, six years with a high annual average following a lot of headlines. One rival exec predicted no one will ever get ever again get 200 million dollars after two failures um and called called it a houdini job to get that much after a collapsed market but the twins love him and pay no tax so i'm not even going to get into we'll get into the carlos career on cause and effect um in the next episode um yeah so yeah 200 Wait, thirty-three point three million dollars, and then two hundred, and then two hundred million dollars. Whew, that's a lot of cash. That's a lot of cash right there. Um, yeah.
Yeah, but the twins love love him and pay no tax. Okay. So the Angels already had at forty million point five million who look like rare potential bargains and still have a little to spend. They've been in touch with they've been in touch on Gary Sanchez, Zach Britton, Andrew Chafin, Elvis Andrus, and Michael Walker, among others. Okay. Um, Anthony Randone, who the Angels see as a key, is said feeling fantastic. Um, Yuli Guriel had been seeking three million dollars. He's still out there after turning down a few deals. He changed agents, but apparently the issue was actually his sub point seven hundred OPS. Three million dollars. All right, three million dollars. Um. Okay, so Dusty Baker is stomping to get Guriel back with the Astros, though the fit is tight after they signed Jose Abreu. Steven Strasburg is thrown near his Washington home, pitching. Prognos- no, excuse me. Prognosis remains unclear as thoracic outlet syndrome provides no certainties. Cole Hamels is receiving calls after an impressive throwing session in Arlington, Texas. He was 88 to 91 miles per hour on the gun and appears to have a good chance at a co- at a comeback. Hmm. Okay, um, we got another, um, okay, so we got another, um, um, Kodai Sanga news that we got to get to, um, with the World Baseball Classic a little more than a month away, a lot of attention at Port St. Lucie will be on who isn't at Mets spring training compared to who is once a, the tournament begins. One player, um, hold on a second. One player, excuse me, um, who will be there at least for right now um, is right-handed pitcher Kodai Senga. Team Japan released its 30-man preliminary roster for the w- WBC in late January, and Sanger was not on the list. The official rosters for all the w- WBC teams will be announced on on February 9th on MLB Network, which is a Thursday. Now that does not mean it is a definite that Sanger can't pitch later in the tournament, but all in all, this is a good thing for the Mets that he will be at the majority of spring training at the very least. Sanger was uh, has already pitched in the 
SBC for Japan, and he was dominant back in 2017. In four appearances, one start, he had 16 strikeouts and one walk in 11 innings of work with an ERA of 0.82. With Zanga training, it gives him more time to work with pitching coach Jeremy Hefner and allows him more time to establish chemistry with catches Tomas Nito and Francisco Alvarez. While Omar Navarez is likely to be at the WBC with Venezuela, though not official. In addition, it allows the organization to control his workload early in the spring with less stress pitches happening as opposed to tournament competition. Of course, this also comes after John Heyman reported in the New York Post that the medical reports on Sanger were iffy as the team through with signing him. While Heyman reports the Mets are confident he will be healthy this year, it is probably best to be conservative with how the organization handles him early in the spring. Um, the team was worried enough to work an option for a sixth year into his deal which the team can exercise if he does not opt out after three years. Um, he, he can he can if he throws 400 innings and spends more than 130 days on the injured list with an elbow injury like Tommy John. Oh, boy. Ugh. Tommy boy. Oh, boy. Tommy, Tommy John surgery. Oh, boy. That has to be scary, man. That right there has to be very, very, very scary right there. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So every player situation is different on whether or not they should be participating in the WBC. And if someone wants to represent their country when they can't during the Olympics, it should be encouraged. Especially because this event allies toward baseball at a time when March Madness tends to dominate the headlines. However, while Singer is only the projected third or fourth starter in a vaunted Mets rotation, his contributions can end up being pivotal as the season goes on and he gets adjusted to pitching in the majors. Right now, if you look at Sanger's projections for this year, courtesy of Zips on fan graphs, he is projected for 142 strikeouts in 140.2 innings. And an error of 3.6, excuse me, 3.46. Excuse me. All right, I'm um, sorry about that. Um, 
The Mets would take that, but it's but it's tough to set expectations for Sanger in the in the first year of his five year, seventy five million dollar deal with at least some pressure on him to succeed right away. Um. Okay. Um, let me see. I do want to say something about this, but we'll wait till after. Okay, um, yeah, so there's the same amount of risk of being hurt in a world baseball classic game as there is in a spring training outing or a bullpen session on a backfield with that being said due to the recent report on the medicals and wanting to see what sanger can do in his first year in the states it might be best that the right hander is with the mets for the duration of spring training um yeah Yeah, but here's the thing about um before I even go to the next topic, um I do want to say something about this actually. Um, so as far as as far as high expectations, um, there's always going to be high expectations when it comes to a new um a new a new baseball player for a particular team like the New York Mets. Look, for some for some individuals it may take time to get the hang of things. Take time to, you know, learn how to um you know, get the hang of being around um new catchers and getting to know the getting to know the players on the team. I mean, it takes time. It's not gonna, and it, and you know, success doesn't happen overnight, folks. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about high expectations, it leads to, it leads to, um, it leads to problems, and it leads to, you know, being overconfident, which kind of leads to, kind of leads to everything else. And I hate to say this though, but when you are overconfident, when you're overconfident on certain things, you end up, you end up doing, you end up doing crazy shit. That's my point right there. Um, <laughs> let the let the let the pitch the new pitcher do the best as he can. You know what I'm saying? Overconfidence doesn't really work, but 
there's nothing wrong with being confident, but you know, it's all about practice. It's all about taking your time and things. So you're in the, um, let's see what else I have. agenda today. Let's see. Um, yes. Let's talk Carlos Beltran, former Met. Let's talk about that. Former Mets great Carlos Beltran is getting another chance with the club. Sources tell the Post the Mets are hiring their former star center field center fielder to join their front the front office where he will work under general manager Billy Epler. It isn't clear what Beltran's duties will be, but he he will but he is a well-regarded baseball mind as well as a former superstar player. Beltran's hiring comes three years after he was hired as Mets manager and then fired after he was linked to the Astros sign stealing scandal. Manager Buck Showalter considered Beltran for his coaching staff a year ago and this offseason as assistant hitting coach. Beltran guessed that he was leaving his broadcast job with it. Andrew um, Marchin reported in the post there were plans to move Beltran from broadcasting games into the studio to do pregame and post-game duties. The Mets couldn't be reached for comment. After a 20-year playing career, Mets ex-general manager Brody Van Wagenen hired Carlos Beltran to succeed Mickey Calloway as manager following the 2019 season. lasted less than three months in charge and, and never managed a single game before he stepped down after the Astros signed stealing scandal was uncovered. MLB MLB determined that Houston illegally stole illegally stole signs in its World Series winning 2017 season, including the postseason as well as of the 2018 season. Beltron had played his final season with the Astros in 2017. Just days before Beltron and the Mets parted ways, MLB revealed that he had played a pivotal role in orchestrating the cheating system's creation and implementation, which had players illegally pick up catches signs via a center field camera. Teammates then relayed the signs to the batter by banging on garbage cans. Um, although no players were punished, Beltron was the only player named in the report. Astros general manager Jeff Ludnow and manager A.J. Hinch were both fired as a result of the scandal. And the rest Sox fired Alex Cora, who served as the Astros bench coach at the time, though he has since been rehired by Boston. Beltron enjoyed a seven-year tenure as a as a player with the Mets, recording a 2.80.369.500 slash line with an point with an 869 OPS, 149 home runs. Um, 
and finally lost off the Mets, won the Gold Globe as a center fielder three times and won, won two Silver Slugger Awards in New York. He notably helped the team to the NLCS in 2006, but he left fans with perhaps one of their lasting memories of him to end the series. In Game 7, Beltran looked at a curveball from a Dan Young, a Dan Young, Adam Wainwright of the Cardinals to strike out with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning, ending the game and Mets season. Despite elite production while in Queens, many fans seemingly held resentment over that at bat. Um, before signing with the Mets in 2005, Beltron broke in with the Royals where he won American League Rookie of the Year in 1999 and played part of a season with the Astros. After his Mets tenure, Beltron had stints with the Giants, Cardinals, Yankees, Rangers, and Astros again. Last year, the Yankees brought Beltron back into baseball when he joined their yes booth as a color commentator during games he struggled in the transition to media however the law and largely was met with criticism by fans wow um actually hold on a second hold on a minute hold up a second let's see something here let me see something did let me see let me see let me see let's see let's see let's see um wait a minute here okay it looks like we got some more good news and stuff man hold on a minute um yeah, hold on a second here. Did I? I could have sworn I actually read this. Actually, I just want to be crystal clear here. Um. Okay. Um. Yeah, I already. Yeah, hold on a second. Um. Okay, so the New York Mets have hired. Carlos Beltran for a job in the front office. Yeah, I already. Yeah, I just read that. That's crazy. Yeah, I just read that one, man. That's pretty. That's actually that's pretty good news, though. That's actually good news right here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, that's good news right here. And other Mets news. David Peterson. David Peterson and Tyler McGill, most important people. Um, let's see how much time we got here. Hold on. Oh, boy. Okay, so. Even before the first official spring training began in about two weeks, the Mets will be keeping an eye on their starting rotation depth. This is a sound philosophy for any team, given the fragile nature of elbows and shoulders in particular, but the Mets are headed to Port, Port St. Lucie, Florida, with three standing, no, three starting pitchers, 
above the age of 35, two of which Max Scherzer and Carlos Cookie Carrasco have spent significant time on um, the injured list during their respective tenures with the team. The third, the third will be Justin Verlander is coming off a Cy Young Award year with the Astros after missing essentially two full seasons recovering from Tommy John surgery. Ugh. Scary stuff, man. That is some scary stuff, though, man, if you really want to get technical with it. Ugh. It's very painful when it comes to Tommy John's surgery, man, that I've been hearing over this. And, yeah. So, um, yeah, it is. So, that is pretty scary stuff, though. Yeah. Um, in winning one-on-one games last season, the Mets received 37 starts combined from David Peterson, Tyler McGill, and Trevor Williams. If the Mets need that kind of co- coverage again, pitching coach Jeremy Hefner is confident the team has the answers. Peterson and McGill are returning, and the Mets have multiple arms. Um. Um, Alyssa Hernandez and Joy Lachesi among them to potentially replace Williams, who signed with the Nets. Um, and um, Tyler McGill, um, Robert Sobel for the New York and McGill specifically have shown they are worthy of starting rotation consideration. And quote, what a blessing it is for us having to told the post, maybe not a blessing for them because in a lot of ways they are on the outside looking in, but things change all the time in the game. If so, hold on. So if those guys start the year in AAA, we have guys, probably deserve to be in a big leagues just bef- just from their past performance and their stuff. Um let's see. Peterson went six six and five with a 3.86 ERA. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah um Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So some more stuff actually. So, of course, obviously, um, Mets agreed to four-year, fifty million uh, um, extension with Jeff McNeil. Peterson went six and five with a 3.86 ERA and 19 starts for the team last season, appeared in another nine games as a reliever. McGill was sharp early. He was the Mets' opening night starter in Washington, pitching to a 1.93 ERA in five starts in April before right bicep, biceps inflammation derailed him. Um, 
after returning in June, he incurred a shoulder strain that kept him sidelined until late September. End quote. Stretching out Peterson and McGill in spring training is important. It happens and we'll kind of we'll kind of see how the season unfolds, and I would imagine their roles would be similar, Hafner said. If we have five starters make every start all year, they will be in the bullpen at some point. And um, that rarely happens. We need those guys to do things we want to as a team be does that they are. Hafner is still learning about the 27-year-old Hernandez who was acquired in the trade with Miami. Last season, the right-hander, the right-hander pitched to a 6.35 ERA in 20 appearances for the, Mar- for the Marlins. As a starter, Hernandez pitched to a 5.98 ERA in 10 appearances. David Peterson of course, obviously. So the lefty Chessie spent last season rehabbing from Tommy John surgery after showing flashes of potential for the Mets in 2021. The Mets will have to decide whether Chessie would be best served stretched out as a starter for AAA Syracuse or working from the bullpen in the major leagues. I think all options are on the table for him, Hefner said. I think Joey could be that be in that McGill Peterson bucket, but he also could be a long man. He is deceptive. Batters don't see him well. He can get quick outs. He doesn't walk guys. He throws the ball over the plate and he will take the ball. He wants to be in the game and be a part of it. All right. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see what else we have on the agenda to talk about here. Um, What else we got to talk about here? So we have we have okay. So, um, okay, I'll do the top 25. Let's get to Keith Rad. Yeah, let's get to Keith Rad. Hold on a second. So, the Mets. And WCBS are looking to Coney Island for for Howie Rose's new partner on their radio calls. The Post has learned. Keith Rad, who grew up a Mets fan on Long Island and is currently the voice of the single A Brooklyn Cyclones, has emerged as Audacity's choice to replace Wayne uh, Rondazzo. Rondazzo according to sources. Audacity is the parent company of WCBS Radio. Um, the Mets still have to approve the choice and Rad has to accept. Rad is said to have wild Audacity officials in the interview process. He has also impressed Rose, who has had a hand in choosing 
his neck off the kid open when Randazzo left this offseason to be the TV voice of the Los Angeles the Los Angeles Angels. Um while Rawls A68 is still strong, he did cut down on the amount of games he worked last season. Um this makes him the number two position even more important because of the amount of league games Rad will potentially call and the idea that Rad could be in the running to be the next number one radio voice, which has been held by some, including Bob Murphy, Gary Cohen, and Rose. Rad is now on the verge of joining that illustrious company. And um, let's see. What else in Keith Rad news? Hold on a minute. All right. Um, it appears that it, the New York Mets have settled on their radio broadcast team as Keith Rad has reportedly been recruited as Wayne Rendazzo's successor to serve as the as a partner to play by play announcer Howie Rose. Additionally, the franchise is expected to announce that Patrick McCarthy, who is the son of former Mets announcer Tom McCarthy, will serve as pregame and postgame host for games carried on Audacity News, WCBS AM 880. Eight, 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 has been serving as the main announcer for the Brooklyn Cyclones, who are a single A minor league affiliate of the Mets. McCarthy has been announcing games for the for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, which are a triple A affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. In addition to hosting the pregame and postgame shows, McCarthy will reportedly serve as a fill-in play-by-play announcer when Rose is off. His father, Tom, served as a play-by-play announcer for the Mets from 2006 to 2007 and is currently the Philadelphia TV play-by-play announcer. The younger McCarthy filled in his uh, last There was covering preseason football while Rad taking on the role formerly held by uh, Rendazzo, who has swiped coast to take the league mic for the Los Angeles Angels TV broadcast. McCarthy replaces Brad Heller on the broadcast team. Heller remains with Audacity as a network utility player for Mets broadcast. He is also a sports anchor and announcer on WCBS AM. While an official team announcement has yet to be made, the the New York Post says both Rad and McCarthy have agreed to the deals, but have not yet signed individual contracts. We'll keep an eye. We'll keep an eye on this story. Actually, um, let's see what happens. But um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll keep on this story right here, but you know, 
And if it happens, congratulations. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, yes. You know what? Uh, let me, let's make some noise for, um, for Keith Rad and um, McCarthy for being a part of this. This is very, very, very epic right here. So hold on a second as I as I take a look here. Cause this this would be a good move right here. If you want to get technical and stuff. Um this would be this would be a good move right here. Uh right. So let me make some noise for them for being a part of the Mets broadcasting um, system. What's going on next here? Oh yeah, let's see, let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? I think we covered all the bases. Let's see. Yeah, I think we covered all the bases here, though. So that's gonna really do it right here. Yeah, I think we covered all the bases right here. Oh wait, one more thing we need to cover actually. One more thing we need to cover here. Um, I did not get a chance to. Well, hold on a minute here. Hold on a second. I want to make sure that um, that I saved that top um, 25 prospects. I'm going to save that topic. Hold on a second. I'm going to save that topic for another episode because this is probably Wait, hold on a second. Top Mets, top twenty-five Mets prospects for twenty twenty-three. Um, I forgot to do do this one, but I think, um, I think I'm going to actually save this. Yeah, I'm going to actually save this shit, though, man. Let's save this for another time. Top 25 prospects. Yeah, I'm going to save this for another time. All right, I'm going to save this for another time. Okay. Yeah, I'll say that for time. All right. Um, I think that's gonna do it for this episode right here. Um, and we have one more segment that we gotta get to um, before we wrap up here. And this is where I inform you on where you can listen to the podcast episodes and, of course, 
where to follow on social media in the name of stream choices on the go so let's get into it right here and if you like what you heard in today's episode please feel free to show your love by following the sports edition show of excellent fun vibrant talks podcast on instagram which is what t lk stands for and the review show meticulous vibe juice podcast along with um off the meat rack chains new york podcast on facebook and instagram also is um the homie g money stacks 555 in queens new york turn your notifications for more information on when each episode should do in a note on when I'm going to be on Instagram live so you can watch me in action and of course sure to comment on the topics on what you thought about the topics in each episode. Um you know you know what I'm saying you can comment on the topics that's being discussed. Maybe in the next episode, I'll probably um, inform the list, inform you sports listeners out there on what the topics is going to be pertaining to. So that way, I'll probably come up with some um, Q&A questions on what you thought. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So there you have it right there. Um, and... And, of course, if you go to the link in bio, you're going to see a whole list of audio streaming platforms, including Anchor. And you can leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash gmoneystacks0 slash message. And you can also, you can also, um, yes, you can also listen and stream the episodes especially on Anchor, which is where we're going to start with right here. So here we go. All right, so we are on Anchor, Audible, Audacity, Amazon Music, Breaker, CastBox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And you don't need a credit card or or to download iHeartRadio or any of the apps that I just mentioned right here. And, of course, be sure to follow um, not only this sports podcast platform right here, be sure to follow be follow meticulous vibe juice podcast review show and of course yes be sure to follow excellent fun vibrant talks podcast the sports edition show also on iHeartRadio alongside with um off the meat rack chains new york podcast as well and finally you grab that subscribe button on the YouTube sports YouTube channel page. 
click on the notification bell, enable alerts, and of course, be sure to be in the know of when each episode is going to be um, recorded with the reminder of when it's going to start. How long with the episodes? Stay tuned for other episodes, previous episodes, and and of course, be sure you listen, stream, watch the episodes in case you miss any of the episodes. If you and like I said, you if you are new to the YouTube channel universe and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, don't you worry. Everything is already everything's going to be there on the sports YouTube channel page and tell us what you think about the sports topics, man. You know what, you know what I mean? Um, so there you have it right there. Um, I would appreciate your feedback on the sports topics that I just covered. And, and of course there'll be more in the future. And, and of course, be sure to, Share the episodes, share the videos, and download these episodes. Of course, that's important too. Also, be sure to tell a friend to another friend. Spread the word. Word of mouth is important. And of course, and of course, be sure to share the link and along with the podcast with your husbands, your wives, your boyfriends, and the people, whether it's, whether it's from work, festivities, barbecues, parties, wherever. All right. And that's going to do it for me. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode 56 title changes. And um, remember, the grind doesn't stop. Hardwood pays off. And yeah, hardwood pays off. If you want something, you have to work hard and you have to earn it. New York wasn't built in a day. And of, course, and of course, be sure to remember, if you have a dream of a particular uh, a particular um, career field that you want to get into, go for it. Don't let anybody stop you. All those and dreams, which is very important. And most importantly, be sure to. Be sure to um, look and find something that makes you smile and happy creatively, mentally, physically, and spiritually while you are on your P's and Q's that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision. So be sure. Some dreams. Be sure to, you know, reach out to one another. 
because you never know when a what a person might be going through on the inside what is whether it's unbearable pain because it's not about what's on the outside it's about what's on the inside all right so appreciate every single one of y'all for listening and tuning in and rocking with me i'm off this shit thank you very much i'll see y'all next time in the next episode peace and one love and of course stay liquid take care of one another reach out to reach out to the people you care about um on a mental health basis which is very important and um and that's it peace and one love and good night everybody Hey guys, G Money Stacks here. You like what you heard? I need your help on some things. Go to the YouTube channels like Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast Sports Edition Show, G Money Stacks 555, and Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast by grabbing the subscribe button, enable alerts with the notification bell, leave a like, comment on the episodes, including the topics, and much more. Plus, you can catch up on the episodes on streaming platforms, including YouTube, by going to the link that says Linktree slash Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast. Make sure you follow on Instagram, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast, alongside with myself, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Thank you so much for tuning in and rocking with me and listening to the episodes. Peace and one love.